Alex Pearson here. You're listening to 640 Toronto. And uh, as we head into this June mayoral vote, we're, we wanted to give you a chance to hear from candidates on the issues, you know, how or if they can be delivered. I mean, this is a very consequential election. And we've got 67 or by the end of the weekend, we could have 467 people registered to run. But we wanted to give you a chance to hear from, you know, the main players up to the June 26th vote. And then hopefully by the time we get there, you'll have a much more clear vision on who best represents your voice and needs. And today, I'm so happy to have both of these people, Selena Cesar Chavez, a former Liberal MP and now mayoral candidate, and Anthony Fury, columnist and now mayoral candidate. Good to have you both. Great to be here. Thank you for having me, Alex. All right. And just uh, to update, because Selena, you just kind of officially just rolled out your very slick video. Well done. And you've got a very slick platform, Selena for Mayor toronto.com i'll give these addresses again after and you lay out all your platforms it's very neat very tidy gives an absolute very clear idea of who you are what you're running for your vision for the city and then anthony your uh, campaign has been out running for a while so you've laid out a whole bunch of stuff and uh, i'll put that uh, address as well out um, at the end of this uh, segment and uh, you got a couple of big endorsements, Jordan Peterson, and now you got Mark McEwen, a, a guy who cooks really well. And more to come. <laughs> like, yeah, more Stay to come. Stay tuned, so. more names to come. Cool. They, they do matter. All right. So the idea is we'll present, um, you know, the topic, and then I'll give you two minutes to respond and then give you a chance to kind of maybe call out uh, something or maybe even agree. Sometimes we do that. <laughs> topic one is uh, getting around Toronto and what really takes priority. We, but we all know that it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to get around this city if it's not the traffic, it is the construction, it is everything. Uh, Anthony, let me start with you on this. And you, you've laid out a couple of things. You know, you're going to get rid of bike lanes on Richmond and Adelaide. You would open up King Street, uh, sue Metrolinks for accountability on transit to get them moving faster. But... How how do you, you know, what does this signal to those who use bikes, let's say, when they hear a candidate saying, I'm getting rid of bike lanes, how does this change their lives as, as being commuters in the city? Alex, I'm running for mayor because I believe that the people who broke it are not the people to fix it. And a lot of the ideas that we are hearing from the regular political candidates, the city councillors, these are not ideas to get Toronto moving. Everybody tells me they are facing headaches with these bike lanes. And I think when we have something like the Ontario Line construction that's shutting down a portion of Queen Street that's obviously going to increase traffic congestion issues, it's a no-brainer that we open up King Street to traffic through traffic in both directions and that those bike lanes that are not actually used that many months of the year, not used by a high volume of vehicles, at least for the duration of the Ontario Line construction on Richmond and Adelaide, we got to remove those. We've got to open them up for vehicular traffic. Everybody says that's causing a headache. And why did it take my announcement to provoke that conversation? Why didn't these councillors who were running for mayor, knowing that this issue was, was coming, they had a couple years to prepare for it, why did they not do more on this file? That's why it's time for a fresh voice and a fresh perspective. And I did announce that the city of Toronto, if I'm mayor, will sue Metrolinx for a billion dollars for breach of contract and damages over the Eglinton Crosstown LRT. Alex, we all understand that there will be some delays, some cost overruns with government projects. It's inevitable. What we've seen has gone on far too long. And yet all the status quo politicians, they just shrug it off. They take it. Oh, okay. 
whatever. I'm saying, no, it's time to make some noise. It's time to stand up for the taxpayers and residents of Toronto and those poor residents and businesses along Eglinton, because this is a city worth fighting for. And that's what I'm going to be doing. And I hope my, my strong signal sent on the Eglinton Crosstown LRT also sends a strong signal that when it comes to the Ontario line, it's great that we're building it. And I'm going to be a responsible partner with Premier Ford on it. But Please, guys, you cannot do the same thing on the Ontario line that you've done with the Eglinton Crosstown, and I will not let that happen. All right, Selena, any of these uh, good ideas for you? How do you propose that you would get the city moving, given, you know, the downtown is going to be cut off for at least half a decade? Um, That's true, and uh, I I really... um appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I think if you want to get rid of gridlock, what you need to do, and I agree with Anthony opening up King Street, but that's only part of the problem. If we want to have a get to vision zero, if we want to ensure that we have net zero in our, in our uh, city, we do need to make sure that we have viable alternatives. And one of the viable alternatives is transit. Unfortunately, right now, there is, um, there's a lot of different projects that are happening that are making it very difficult for people to choose transit. And when we think about the responsibility that we have as, as a city to keep our economic engines going, we have to keep these people moving. We have to ensure that they have access to, to wireless in a way that, that allows them to continue to work within transit, to continue to do their productivity within transit. And right now, the cellular service, that the, even the deal that we have with Rogers, is highly problematic, and it will not offer equitable access to people across the city. And so that needs to be reevaluated and looked at in a way that offers that accessibility. But also, in, when we think about what's happening, even in Scarborough, you know, cutting down the, the SRT, um, there has to be a way to, to have equitable outcomes for people in the city and implementing fair, equitable zones uh, in some of those priority communities and neighborhoods is one of the ways in which to do so. So if we want to have a strategy that looks out for climate change and the impact of climate, we can't just say, let's put more cars on the road. We have to look at other options for transit and make sure that it's equitable to everyone across the city. Let me just uh, start with you on Selena. Uh, what, what, what would you do in the immediate? Uh, do you support anything that Anthony says as far as opening up King Street? Uh, what about bike lanes? Uh, I support opening up King Street, definitely. Um, that that was a little bit of a fiasco right from the start. I'm not sure that the bike lanes, though, um, in probably in, in strategic areas to, cl- to close those off would be important. But again, Toronto is facing an unprecedented financial situation. Closing bike lanes, using that money to close them off, it, I, I don't think is the, the solution that is going to the, the panacea to the solution. Uh, they're already there. People are biking. We are looking at ways to become net zero. We are looking at ways to mitigate climate change. I don't think removing them, causing more of a, a disruption, is going to be the way to go. I think we need to really look at making sure that transit is a viable option. That is a cost-effective option for the people of Toronto. And, and um, Anthony, are you planning to build more bike lanes in different places uh, or are you going to be removing them completely? Hey, I bike myself. My kids and I like to go cycling. If there's opportunities to create more bike lanes that people are going to enjoy on non-major roads, then by all means, let's do it. But I have come out and I have said no more bike lanes on major roads. There are plans, Alex. Shepherd, 
Eglinton, Bloor Street West, Kingston Road. We will not be moving ahead with that when I am mayor of Toronto. I have also said that the University Avenue dedicated bike lanes, they're going to have to go because of Hospital Row. There have been many situations where hospitals have a difficult time, where ambulances, I mean, have a difficult time uh, pushing past vehicles, and we just need that flexibility. So we've got to pause this madness here. We're all reasonable people. Nobody's anti-cycling, but there are appropriate spaces for these lanes to go. And in recent years, all these city councillors now running for mayor, they have not chosen the right streets. They've not been listening to the regular folks. All right, let me pause it there. And then on the other side of this break, uh, we're going to talk about getting Toronto in better financial shape. In fact, reversing the disaster of our finances right now. We'll kick things off with Selena, who I think has a great idea and it has everything to do with the funding formula. And yes, I will be giving out the addresses so you can take a look at both of these uh, candidates' campaigns. And I'll do that at the end of this and I'll do it again at the end of the show. So stay with us. We've got uh, Anthony Fury and Selena Cesar Chevin joining us here today. Finances of Toronto. We'll talk about that next here on 640 Toronto. All right, we are uh, chatting with mayoral candidates Selena Cesar Chavant and Anthony Fury. Both are running uh, to be in the chair and run this city. And just so I'll, I'll give them out a couple of times, but they both have platforms, all their ideas on their web pages. If you want to see Selena's, it's Selena for MayorTO.com. And the four is F O R. Selena for mayorto.com. Anthony Furies is fury.ca. I'll give them again because people want to look at them, but it is all laid out there. Uh, good of both of you to join us. Let us take the second topic, which is fixing finances. It is a massive issue for this city. And I'll start with you on this one, Selena. You say, and, and this is one of those ideas at the beginning of this campaign, I said, I want to look at the candidate who's running on a new funding formula. And lo and behold, you will not go to the feds or the province for money. You won't raise property taxes above inflation. You will, you say, bringing a parking levy. And you'll work with the other mayors to renegotiate a funding formula asking the feds for 1% of GST. So we Correct. have... Um, a promise on the table, but it's going to rely on others to do it. How long is this taking you? Yes. So uh, thank you, Alex. Again, this is going to take a couple of years. And, you know, I was a former member of parliament, parliamentary secretary to the prime minister. I do have the relationships uh, with the federal government to really start to look at how this Toronto becomes self-sustaining. We can't continue to go cup in hand, especially when services, including social services and housing, have been downloaded to the municipality. So a 1% allocation of the GST will help not just Toronto, but other municipalities across Ontario that are struggling and to help really generate revenue of close to 500 or 600 million for the city, this that will be earmarked specifically for social programs and social housing. And I, I think I think here we have to really consider a couple of things. Uh, yes, people would say, well, the relationship that you have with uh, with the feds, you know, I left in a contentious way. Um, I think what that proves to Chicagoans is that I'm not going to back down when it comes to this particular issue. And it's not just about the relationship that I have with the feds. It is also the fact that I'm bringing the political power of Toronto with me. Look at how Toronto has showed up for the feds in the 2015, 2019, and 2021 election. They showed up for the feds in those times. Now it's time for the federal government to show up for Toronto when we need it the most. And I will negotiate this within two years, ensuring that I put some skin in the game. 
I want to make sure that this is done before my mandate is complete in order to hold myself so Toronto can hold me to account for getting it done. All right. And so you promised that general uh, revenue generated from this model would go towards social assistance, uh, social housing, transit, and other uh, programs for creative and cultural. All right, Anthony, this is one of those ideas that I like. I don't know how hard it will be. Well, I mean, no other government is ever going to want to have to pay the bills for anyone else. But nonetheless, it, it is something that I think needs to happen. It's been uh, too long since we've had a proper review of this. You have said to me, that you'll review the books over the first 90 days when you get in to cut the fat that we all know is there and that uh, taxpayers shouldn't be paying for. But this is an idea that I I, I, I like. Um, would you be open to this? Is this something that you would propose to do? And I just want to clarify the website. I know you know how to spell my last name, but it's F-U-R-E-Y, F-U-R-E-Y dot C-A. No, that's I know. That, that's fine. Well, they're very tricky because it's like <laughs> Selena for mayor. You could be a four, a number four. For sure. and it's like, oh, my God. But don't we'll get them. I promise we'll put them on the websites and I'll say them again. So I understand that problem. Go ahead. But yeah, to the question, City Hall doesn't have a revenue problem. It has a spending problem. The budget has grown from $10 billion to $15 billion in just 10 years. And my question to the folks of Toronto, to the voters, are you getting 50% more in services right now? Most people, when I ask that, they say, no, I'm getting less. I'm receiving fewer services. I am the only candidate for mayor not pushing for new taxes. They either want to tear down the gardener or they want to add road tolls to the gardener. Neither. We're not doing that. These councillors running for mayor all voted to proceed with a municipal sales tax that will worsen the affordability crisis, jacking up the price of goods, harming small businesses. We're not doing that. I'm not bringing in a commercial parking levy because it's going to disproportionately hit low-income people the most because it's going to flow through down to regular folks and all these strip malls where it's free parking, they're now going to have to charge you for parking. We're not doing it. Instead, starting immediately, I'm doing a program review where we're going to talk about priorities. Should we be spending $10 million a year clearing the bike lanes in January and February when no one's using them? I don't think so. It's not on. Now, I do think one of the challenges we have with the federal government is that a third of our shelter system occupants are recent refugees, and that is directly related to Mr. Trudeau's policies and his uh, his delay on dealing with the Roxham Road situation. So Mr. Trudeau will have to reimburse the, uh, the, the Toronto government for all of those costs associated uh, with what's going on in the shelter system. Do you actually think that you can cut $1 billion of savings without cutting service? We are going to be able to do so much that's happening right now because I told you we've gone from 10 to 15 billion and you have to do that first. Before you even begin to talk about raising taxes on people, you owe it to them to go and look at the books. It's called spring cleaning for a reason, Alex. You do it every spring. You don't do it once every 10 years. So yes, we're going to go and we're going to find those savings and we're going to talk about do we even need to be doing uh, some of these things that when I tell people you won't believe there's this program or that program at City Hall, they'll say, well, then get rid of it. And that's the conversation. That's the exploration uh, we're going to be having. I'm going to be making the tough choices and, and I, I will not uh, steal away from that opportunity. I will, I, I will certainly uh, be able to confront it head on. I want to jump to the next topic. Or oh yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. Get no. I, 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 hold on. I want to ask you guys. I want to ask both of you because I'm going to run out of time, and I want to make sure. Do you want to spend more time on this, or do you want to go? Because no, no. I want you to get your chance, and so say this, and then I'm going to jump to the next one because I actually want to get it in. But go ahead, go ahead with your well, point. Well, trimming, trimming the fat is one thing, but if we look at how other the, the research around big cities, there has to be a way to diversify our revenue models, and if that is not part of a plan for someone who wants to be there. 
I, I don't think that there's, there's a, a possibility of doing it again. This has to be part of a strategy to get Toronto so it's self-sufficient and a resilient city, and it has to diversify its tax base. I think Selena's right that every other candidate is saying we need to create new taxes, and I'm the one saying, no, we don't. Let me move into public safety. I'm not going to have as much time, but I definitely want to because it is a major, major problem right now in the city. Um, you know, we've got gang violence, organized crime, major crime surging, and then we've got it fueled by a mental health and opiate crisis. Um, Selena, let me kick things off to this. You have a multi-pronged uh, approach on this. But one of the areas that is such an issue is mental health. Um, we don't have enough mental health facilities to help people, uh, but we've also got an opiate crisis that is fueling it. Would you be open? Would you be, what, what would your um, uh, mandate be for opiate use? Would you support the program, keep it running, or would you tra- Would you pivot and, and start looking at treatment? So there has to be a comprehensive approach to addiction, um, and that involves making sure that there are uh, safe injection sites, there's safe use sites, but there's also ability to, to supplement those uh, areas with uh, detox programs and treatment programs. Again, we have to look at the research the evidence of this that shows that these combinations of strategies are what people need to reduce stigmatization, but to also have a compassionate approach to people who are experiencing um, addiction. Toronto has a comprehensive overdose um, prevention strategy. It outlines clearly the provincial and federal government's um, role in, in making sure that we reduce some of the issues around overdoses and around um, uh, mental health in, in, in Toronto. But much of, these, much of this program has been outdated. It needs to be updated. We need to make sure that we have predictable, sustainable, long-term funding to create healthier communities, to save lives, to have a public health approach to addiction. And we, we cannot do that if we're continuing to go cup in hand to the province. So again, this, this carve out of the GST can help to bolster some of these programs, but to also really have a compassionate approach and, and support the, the services in our community that are supporting people. And, and it, it, it can't be a one size fits all. We have to look at housing. We have to look at treatment. We have to look at job security for individuals as well. Just quickly, Selena, before I go to Anthony, would you allow the city to move forward with decriminalization of hard drugs like they did in B.C.? Look at B.C. I'm saying look at B.C., but it can't be a siloed conversation. We have to talk about detox treatment, uh, decriminalization, housing, and, and a number of other social determinants of health that impact people who have addiction. Uh, Anthony, you have said you will not allow decriminalization of hard drugs. Uh, you have said that you would phase out the safe injection and move towards a treatment. How long is this taking and where are you getting the funding? Uh, because treatment is, as you know, very expensive and it's simply not available for the numbers that we have who need it. How long are you going to take to get this plan together? Immediately, because I'm saying no more safe injection sites, drug injection sites, but the city's announced plans for two. They already have the funds allocated to it. I take those funds We flip them into treatment centers. We need compassion here. These people are hurting on the street and compassion is not keeping them on drugs. It's getting them off of drugs. We see what's happening in Vancouver, Seattle, San Francisco. Those scenes can't come anymore to Toronto. Everyone's telling me they got concerns about what's going on on the subways, on our streets when it comes to violence. So much of this violence relates to the drug crisis. We got to get folks off of drugs. And this idea of decriminalizing hard drugs for minors, 
Already, I'm told that the criminal networks are saying, awesome, we'll let the kids be the people who are trafficking the drugs and transporting them because then we know they won't be stopped and arrested. It's madness. We just can't be doing that at all. And I'm the only one saying no more new drug injection sites to both deal with the crime on our streets and to help folks out there. This is not a way to keep living. We see what's going on and we have to explore other things like involuntary treatment for those people who are clearly most at risk of imminently attacking people. Other cities are doing it all across the Western world. Toronto's got to up its game. That's what I will do as mayor of Toronto because I care about people's safety. I love this city. Guys, um, I apologize because I am out of time. And and because you're the, the guinea pigs, you're the first to go. It gives us an idea of how to pace it out. But uh, I wanted to be able to give you more of a chance. I, I hope you got something out of this and I will do it again. Um, but I just ran out of time. Uh, that's it. But uh, I, I very much appreciate both of you uh, joining us today. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. So that is Selena Chavin, um, Cesar. I always get her name all mocked up. Selena Cesar Chavin. And her webpage, she's got everything laid out. Selena, F-O-R, Mayor, T-O, dot com. And Anthony Fury is Fury, F-U-R-E-Y, dot C-A. You can get them both.